0: Hello and welcome to The Rogers Brief. I'm Adam Rogers. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Today was day 37 of the Mass Casualty Commission proceedings and today involved two uh, small group discussions. Uh, The first one in the morning uh, was uh, about service providers and included uh, two individuals from the Department of Justice Victim Services, two from the medical examiner's office and a funeral director. And then in the afternoon, there were two elected officials, the mayor of Colchester County and the current MLA, who was a councillor for Colchester County at the time of the mass casualty events. Uh, so the uh, the day wrapped up uh, a little over after three o'clock this afternoon. So it wasn't a, a full afternoon panel session, but there was lots of discussion this morning. The... Uh, Morning Session had uh, two from uh, Victim Services, that was uh, Dana Bowden and uh, Kim Burton, uh, Lindsay Dennis and Evelyn Gallant, two forensic nurses from the uh, Medical Examiner's Office, and then Bruce Verner, who is a, a Funeral Home Director. And uh, I must say, it wasn't exactly the most riveting television uh, in the world. Uh, a lot of speaking in slow, low tones, kind of taking the lead from the Mass Casualty Commission moderator, who's done now uh, a few of these small group sessions and uh, sort of a predictable format to them. Uh, certain questions, some follow up, everybody gets a chance to answer, no interruptions, that sort of thing. Now again, uh, remind uh, that these are not witnesses in the real sense of the term. These witnesses or these individuals are not there to give uh, You know factual evidence, but rather to share their experiences of uh, you know what it's like to be in their role during something like this, during you know a very abnormal situation certainly, but uh, something that uh, you know we all want to uh, to learn from government officials, agencies, whatever need to uh, learn lessons uh, when possible. So. The um, morning session, uh, you know, these service providers were on hand, and I'm, I'm familiar certainly with the Medical Examiner's Office and Victim Services. Both were involved with the Desmond Inquiry and certainly uh, was impressed at, their, at that time with their professionalism, their qualifications, and their work uh, with the families, uh, with the Desmond family in particular. And then I'm familiar with uh, Victim Services as well. I mean, they're ubiquitous throughout the court system in Nova Scotia now, which wasn't always the case. Even um, when I was early on in my practice, you didn't really see Victim Services workers around that often. And now they're very helpful, uh, you know, helping people draft victims uh, victim impact statements, that sort of thing. They show up to court as well with people, and there's there as a support person. Although I will say, as a defense lawyer, sometimes uh, I would be a little, uh, a little put out by that because if you're representing somebody who has the presumption of innocence, and yet there's somebody from victim services who's sitting there with them in the courtroom, it can leave a subtle impression. I think with the judge, particularly in rural areas where they everybody knows the victim services workers, uh, that you know they're sitting with so and so. Well. Maybe it would be a subtle way to bolster their credibility in a case where credibility is an issue. But uh, aside from that, I mean, they, they do very good work uh, with uh, with victims. Their experiences in the mass casualty, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they talked about the, just the sheer volume of trauma and, um, you know, having to adapt their policies, their their systems to that calling in other workers, uh, victim services helpers, uh, all of whom responded positively and were able to come in and help out. You know, the mental health challenges, just the scale of it was uh, enormous, of course, during this time. Uh, For the people in the area, the, you know, victims, families, and members of the public. So, there were many things to deal with during that time, and, um, you know, the so they had some challenges there the medical examiner's office i mean they you know they have to deal with the bodies and try to identify people and so they talked about some of how they do that and, and what goes into it uh, they also talked about you know having to deal with the the families and sometimes that's difficult because you have information but you know because of ongoing investigations or other operational considerations of the police sometimes you can't reveal all of what you know to the family members of the public so Uh, They talked about that, I mean, not wanting to compromise an ongoing investigation, but uh, another interesting part was uh, Bruce Varner, the funeral director, and uh, he was, you know, of course, everybody's talking about the challenges of the situation, but uh, Mr. Varner was really respectful uh, of even not wanting to adopt that language of saying it was a challenge. I mean, he was talking about it was a privilege and an honor to be able to help people during the most difficult times of their lives and to you know be somebody that could uh provide some assistance uh, so that was interesting his uh his main point uh, that i took out of it anyway was really the the inability because of the pandemic for people to gather and grieve together which is a really important part of the healing process uh from his many years of experience uh, and seeing, you know, grief and trauma and and these, uh, you know, the healing process begin with gatherings and uh, being unable to do that because of the pandemic, I think was a major problem uh, that he identified. So that was the uh, the morning session. I like I suspect it wasn't the the most riveting um, uh, viewing experience. I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if the numbers for today were. Uh, and yesterday probably down a fair amount i mean this is information these are topics and areas that the commission needs to cover it's part of their mandate and so they they need to hear from people about these things uh so that's just the way it is the afternoon uh was uh taken up just about a little over an hour with uh two elected officials there's mayor uh christine blair the of the uh, municipality of colchester and current Colchester North MLA, then uh, District 10 Councillor Tom Taggart. This was moderated by uh, a new person we haven't met before, Leo Artaleo, who is the Strategic Engagement Advisor. I don't know if he's the Strategic Engagement Advisor or maybe one of several, it's unclear. Uh, There's lots of people working for the Mass Casualty Commission. It's unclear exactly what that title might mean uh, or if he is, like, say, the only one. I did look him up on LinkedIn, and I noticed that one of his uh, titles, or one of his, the things he does, is a speaker coach, uh, which I only mentioned because it seemed like he had to read. He was reading everything that he said from notes. He was sort of leaning on his notes fairly heavily, uh, despite that um, self-assessed qualification. So it was. Uh, uh Miss Blair Mayor Blair sorry was uh, quite well prepared. She had notes she was talking about the what a surreal situation it was to wake up that Sunday morning and and start getting phone calls from media organizations all over the world, trying to uh, understand what was going on. She wasn't receiving a great deal of information from the police or anybody else. She tried to get some from the emo office that sort of thing but in her interview she said you know she was just there to speak for the families and knowing that she didn't have all the facts yet she didn't really want to talk about the incident itself and what had happened but rather just sort of speak from the heart and talk about the families and so sort of, that was her message and she repeated that a few times so i know she was um really trying to convey uh that certain message and really uh you know talked about the impact on the community talked about the just the sheer number of people killed she said well that's That's 10% of that community, so that's a a large percentage, let alone the the sheer numbers. And it was a neighbor who was impersonating a trusted figure, and so that trust has been greatly harmed. And then she and and, uh, MLA Taggart echoed this, said that the trust has been further harmed because of the poor communication that's taken place since uh, the tragedy. Yes, uh, both described having uh, received calls and media inquiries from all over the world. Uh, MLA Taggart uh, he was he was a little tougher to follow at times, so what he was trying to convey, but uh, he seemed to from the Sunday morning of the 19th, you know he was trying to get information and then work on logistic things, practical things that people needed, like the community hall getting set up properly arranging for it to have internet for, you know, just resources that people could use. And then, uh, you know, hearing from family members and speaking for them uh, in media interviews so that they wouldn't be bothered or they respect their privacy. Although I should point out as well that Mayor Blair noted that the media was quite good, that they respected people's privacy and they were, um, you know, respectful of boundaries too. One of the things the municipality did was uh, erect some signage around the community just to, you know, tell people to be respectful and respect uh, people's privacy if they didn't wish to speak. So uh, that was uh, that was really the substance of today. The w- well, that was what happened today. It wasn't a great deal of substance actually added to uh, what we know or what we uh, what we've learned about the the events, even the post event situation. I was a little surprised that the two politicians this afternoon weren't a little more critical of the um, RCMP response or the commission itself. I think uh, they've been, uh, well, a no MLA Taggart in other scenarios has been critical, but uh, didn't, uh, didn't say a whole lot on that uh, today, uh, but that's fine. Uh, he did say that he uh, thought the community members, some of them that are being mentioned many times, uh, should have representation somehow um to my mind i guess you know he is one of the elected officials is their representation i mean it's not legal representation but you know sometimes witnesses or people that are just being discussed as part of events uh, don't always need legal representation so uh the other legal side of things so uh today um yesterday we were expecting maybe to get uh learn about these big stop videos that There was supposed to be an application yesterday. I talked about all that yesterday. Uh, Didn't happen again either today. The videos were not released. There was no discussion from the commissioners about the videos or anything about their release. There were a few other exhibits that were posted this morning, and so I clicked on the website to see if that maybe was what it was, but it certainly uh, wasn't, so um, it's still not posted as of uh, late this afternoon. So we'll see we'll watch you over that for the next few days the commission is back on for public proceedings next monday we're going to hear from constable nick dorrington whose name has been brought up a few times already uh, constable dorrington pulled over uh, gabriel Wortman for speeding inside of the uh, orchard beach uh, subdivision there in portapic and had a photo of him from that time which he circulated early on in in the course of events and uh, we're also going to hear more evidence or people talking about communications and supports post event and we're also going to hear from uh, Constable Wayne Bent next week as well so we'll be watching for all of those uh, and I'll bring you reports as they unfold so uh, that's it for this week unless something uh, unless something develops over the course of the week and there's a need to post a video I'll see you next Monday so uh, thanks for watching, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time